I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome, everybody, to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. This week, we are looking at the 1977 film Broken Oath, or uh, Poji, right? Is that how you say it? The Chinese Poji? I think like that's that. pretty close. I, I, don't, I don't know if the rest of us would get much closer, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw I saw Poji a lot of places as well, more than, like, I saw it just as much as the English title. But this is from uh, 1977, uh, directed by a South Korean director, right? Uh, yeah, Jong Chenghua, and mm-hmm. with some who a, choreography. Who's a big deal by, in like uh, in Chinese cinema for a while. With some with the choreography by the legendary Yoon Woo Ping, and starring the equally legendary Angela Mao. Yeah, completely. Yeah, Lady Kung Fu herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's funny the um the. The DVD cover that I saw said, the deadly China doll is back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another one so, of her, her hit movies. And uh, Lady Kung Fu, or also known as Hapkido. Um, mm. Yeah, Angela Mao is such a legend and uh, a living legend, as we might uh, touch on a little bit later. And um, there are a lot of films that I think showcase what's uh, what's so great about Angela. But uh, I think this is one of the one of the very best. No, it's definitely it's it's quite a movie. You said that this movie, Marty, was kind of a inspiration for a lot of the stuff in Kill Bill last week, and it definitely is. There's so many things in this movie that I was like, "Oh, that's that thing," and, yeah, and totally. just the general and just the general story is definitely very inspired. Or it's Kill got, Bill definitely has a lot of inspiration from Broken Oath. Yeah, it's got definite roots in exploitation. And you mm-hmm. see a lot of those tropes in this movie. It's um, yeah, and I, ultimately it's a it's a revenge film. Yeah, um, it's mm-hmm. revenge, yeah. even more so than than the other films that we watched, which are all all had revenge pretty prominently featured, but even more so in this movie. Uh, right, and so, apparently it was sort of loosely based on a famous Japanese film that was also a touchstone for Kill Bill, uh, Lady Snowblood, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think it uh, adheres too closely to that movie and actually there's some kind of neat elements to it that i think kind of elevate it uh, above a typical revenge film i really like how there is this there's sort of this buddhist philosophy that's uh Mm -hmm. part of the context of the movie that i think seems to comment something on like the the value of revenge or maybe the danger of revenge yeah and again we we get in this movie like we did with uh dreadnought where they talk about how revenge is bad and, and just leads to an endless cycle of revenge. And then everyone in the movie continues on with that path of revenge and vengeance. <laughs> right. right. In this movie, it's it's pretty much, yeah, re- revenge is unavoidable. And once you exact that revenge, your journey's complete. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. And then the credits roll. And you don't have to worry about the aftermath. <laughs> so. And there's a real spiritual component to it as well um i mean we'll we'll get into it but Mm -hmm. there's this idea that uh if a person hasn't been 
avenged that that almost like stays with their bloodline like, yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of yeah it's, it's kind of like sort a, of pronounced. It's kind of like a ghost in a way where it's like the unfinished business side of it yeah totally yeah. uh when we start like the cold open we're actually at sea which is pretty pretty unique i think for for a film of like this genre mm-hmm. and she's being taken to this uh women's prison that's on an island like an inescapable prison an inescapable island basically yeah kind of so, like an alcatraz right yeah. so she's introduced to the prison by this warden um and right, right. some of her story starts coming out there and then there's it's kind of like uh almost an orange is the new black or like like light, <laughs> light gonna... blue is the new black or something yeah i was gonna go yeah, yeah. too <laughs> there's sort of there's sort of like a, a head inmate that it seems like all the other women kind of like look up to and she right, sort of she's thousand sort of, hands right? yeah and so she sort of takes her under her wing and eventually at this point in the movie uh, who seems to be our main character she kind of tells more and more of her story and yeah it's clear that mm-hmm. she's actually uh, she's actually pregnant with there's mm-hmm, a whole the, yeah know. there's like a whole subgenre within exploitation that's like women in prison and you know mm-hmm. the the right. dangers of being in these like women prisons and there's nudity and there's violence mm-hmm. and all this stuff so right away when i started watching this movie i was like oh okay this is what's going on but it's funny before <laughs> that because when the credits are rolling there's all these beautiful like um genre like chinese yeah. genre paintings yeah very like traditional paintings and yeah they're like tr- traditional sort of like chinese underscore yeah this, yeah yeah it's pretty like yeah it's pretty upbeat music playing along with it And then you get slapped in with, you know, violence and mm-hmm. sexual assault and feel pregnant in prison and stuff. And in her dream when they, um, well, you know, it's like she sees the faces of these killers and it does mm-hmm. this kind of like red framing on each of That's their right. faces. I, I really like yeah. that. It was really cool, really stylish. And since you mentioned like Tarantino and Kill Bill, I could almost see mm-hmm. that um, there's that sting that whenever... They- yeah, that thing. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It's from an old there's TV a couple show. of there's a couple of um yeah, I ah, I didn't look it up, but yeah, uh, there's a couple of points in this in this movie where you could kind of hear that going on. Yeah, so that's another thing where uh, you and can I, see that he's definitely influenced by that. And I think in that, even in the first flashback, uh, I'm pretty sure as soon as we get any combat, we start to see uh, uh, John Chenghua, the director's really interesting, uh, I guess you could say editing technique or just sort of directorial choice in a lot of the fights where he'll cut to like a first person perspective mm-hmm. of like an impact. Uh, and it's really kind of unique and he really does it throughout the entire movie in almost every fight sequence whether it's a weapon or someone um just punching or kicking like directly at the camera and it's kind of it's kind of shocking but yeah really effective and i think even in the even in that first flashback as they're kind of recounting the um her husband's death you get a you get a taste of some of that Mm -hmm. it's the opening to ironside that's what it's Oh, that's cool. where the, the the like the siren thing comes ah, from. Ah, so yeah. good. There good you catch. go. So now <laughs> as she's uh you know working, you know they have to do like hard labor in the prison, and um, uh, 
she seems to be distraught and she speaks with a thousand hands and lets her know that she's actually pregnant. So right. um, very quickly after that, you get a birthing scene, which was another yeah. thing I wasn't expecting. And Yeah, definitely wasn't expecting that. That's where she ends up going into the flashback and letting mm-hmm. these other ladies know the burden of her life, how um, she was a victim to these killers. They killed her husband and she ended up being captured by one of these men and he like tries to assault her. And in the midst of the assault, oh yeah, and there's actually nudity too. Which oh is yeah, another thing a, there is. Yeah, this movie definitely crosses like, a line, like a content line compared yeah. to what yeah. we've watched so far. Yeah, no, we, whenever um, one of the, uh, is this where they name the bandits or is it at the end of this flashback? It's in the, when he, intro, when they show up to stop the caravan to kill the husband, he, mm-hmm. uh, the husband names them all. Yeah, I think he names That's them all. That's right, yeah. right. Um, she, he names all four of the, uh, all four of the bandits who we see throughout the throughout the rest of the movie in the revenge plot. One of them, uh, after they kill her husband, one of them, uh, how she yes. uh, grabs her and it cuts to her laying down with a sheet covering her in a bed. But then whenever, in like the lighting's pretty normal for just a scene, but then whenever how she comes in and takes off the sheet, there's the, like, these super duper close-ups with like this really soft lighting of like super duper close-up of, of her chest yep. and like her legs. Yeah, ex- exploitation, like, like you said, Carlos, Super exploitation, like, like oh, a way to describe yeah. it. For sure, for sure. So he's gonna, um, I mean, he's gonna rape her. And uh, she defends herself with the needle that she has, like, in her hair. And she stabs it right in his eyes. So then she makes a run for it, but she's uh, calling for some help, and the guards show up. But they end up taking his side because he's in... Uh, good with like a high-ranking official mm-hmm. so right. that's yeah what you have the sense her. that it's like yeah there's like a class and very likely like gender divide yeah uh, where she <laughs> like her word won't really be taken mm-hmm. seriously and you see it's like that's why she's gone to prison is basically she'd try to defend herself yep. from uh, one of her husband's so, yeah. killers who was trying to rape her and so that yeah so the being whenever they say that she was in for assaulting an officer that's that's who it was that's the right. officer so then it cuts back to her uh her telling the story to all the other women um after giving birth to her daughter that's when she dies right there after giving birth after saying for one of the women to take her baby to a buddhist monastery to you know so that she doesn't have to to deal with well this, and she you know, and she secures life. the promise that the story will be passed on to her daughter yes um, yes because she can't she doesn't feel like she can die unless she knows that uh, she and that her, her husband will, will be avenged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so it's so crazy that that's her, right. Her she wants wish... she wants revenge, but <laughs> yeah. but thousand actually, hands I don't tries even know to stop if her. She had from... the idea of the monastery. I think that yeah, that's right. That's all from idea. her. Yeah, that was all from the godmother. But she um, bestows the gift of revenge to her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> but yeah, this I, I think this actress gives. An, incredible performance and she's asked to do quite a lot in a short stretch of yeah like movie. 10 minutes. Uh, naomi oka she's actually a J- japanese actress i couldn't find much information oh. on her and she oh, was wow. really only in a couple of uh a couple of chinese films but hmm. um yeah really really incredible here uh and definitely sets a very unique tone for for mm-hmm. this movie so so uh, one thousand hands 
takes her daughter, who's yet unnamed, right? Mm-hmm. I believe yeah, right. so. Yeah, she doesn't have a name yet. Because the, the, the abbess at the monastery names her uh, Jilian, which means pure lotus. That's mm-hmm. what I found online. Yeah. Some so, other stuff online yeah. called her Lotus Lin, which I kind of like because that's a little easier to say than Jilian. I'm guessing that <laughs> but, sounds like something from a dub. I, I don't know Yeah, for I'm sure, sure it was. It's kind of like in, um, I don't know if you guys know, but one of the more famous dubs of Drunken Master calls the Wong Fei Hong character Freddy Wong. Oh. <laughs> so that's, uh, he's known. that's funny. Thousand Hands takes now uh, Jilian to the monastery. The abbess names her Pure Lotus. And then it cuts forward. Uh, I think they say, what, like 20, 21 years or something like that. Yeah, I yeah, don't I know think, if they say, I but it's funny. they do like, 20 years old or something. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. like a harp fade. Like a bloom, bloom, bloom. Yeah, yeah. And then it goes to Jim. We should say that the monastery is is essentially like an all women uh, Buddhist monastery. Yeah. Also, that's also um, funny to me because everyone else has the traditional <laughs> shaved heads, that. but she's got her long pigtails and her long flowing hair. I guess. Yeah. You know, right. aesthetically, it, it, it sets her apart. It, like, her attitude sets her apart yeah. in this movie. Like, she's she's got revenge, like, instilled in her. She's very hot-blooded, mm-hmm. and she wants to do her own thing. And she's very aggressive. But also, I guess, maybe her hair is a symbol of that as well. She's mm-hmm. not really in line with everyone else. Yeah. Kind totally. of serves more of a theatrical purpose than mm-hmm. a realistic purpose. But she complete. But this is when we get introduced to Angela Mao as as Jilian, and she's incredible. Yeah. Like she is, oh she kicks some serious butt in this movie. Yeah. The only thing and, I ever remembered her from was Enter the Dragon because she plays yeah. Bruce Lee's sister in like um it's like in one scene and um she oh, cool. holds her own pretty well in that scene, but she does end up. I mean, Enter the Dragon. Maybe you guys all know the story, but yeah. Um, Seeing her in this movie is like night and day compared to the action. Well, and... I, I think Bruce Lee had mm-hmm. seen her in Hapkido, um, also known as Lady Kung Fu, and mm. really <laughs> wanted to work with her from from that. Uh, we should say a little bit about uh, Angela Mao Ying. Uh, I believe she's born in Taiwan and studied mm-hmm. in like a Peking opera tradition there. Um, so uh, a Mandarin speaker, um, much like uh, our heroine from last week, Chang Pei Pei. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's clear that she has uh, the sort of background that we're now used to from our Kung Fu fighters. Same kind of background as, say, Jackie Chan and Yun Bu and Sammo Hung. And boy, yeah, she can she can just really hold her own. And actually, uh, rewatching the movie, I think there might be only two or three shots where she's ever doubled, and it's usually more of for more of an acrobatic sort of a thing. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, I didn't notice she, anything. She is just such an outstanding uh screen fighter and such an actor through all those through all those mm-hmm. fights mm-hmm. um which is something that you really can't say about even um even some of the other great uh you know hong kong fighters uh so she definitely yeah. carries the torch of that intense look that we saw in come drink with me from ching pei pei like totally angela mao's expressions in this movie are always very serious yeah it's an interesting contrast i guess you could say overall the like more uh extreme shaw brothers style of come drink with me and a very kind of like golden harvest as it's we're just about to kind of turn into the next wave of Mm -hmm. kung fu fighting and so we kind of get to the point usually a little bit quicker as far as the choreography goes 
and, yeah. and we get a lot a lot deeper into the actual combat and nuances mm. of, of that. Yeah, there's a lot more a lot more long shots of people just fighting in this movie. Not a lot of not as many. Like there are some cool cuts back and forth, but there's a lot more like you see people's fists going into other people's fists and arms and faces than than in the the last film. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. So we see Angela Mao's character. Uh, well, I want to call her Angela Mao throughout this. Um, we see Gillian um, just completely dominating the other people and in, in sparring. And she like the abbess stops her from like just finishing off one of the people. Right. And we get a great a great bit of I imagine pretty literal translation where what the abbess says that she's full of bellicosity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which, this is, this you know, is not great. exactly a thing people say in everyday language. It's your word of the day. Yeah, yeah velocity. Depending on the version that you're watching, um, the subtitled version is not just you know one of those words that's thrown out once. Um, yeah, they say it's it touched on times. maybe like six or seven times. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, I think it's really nice. I, the issue with a lot of uh, subtitles like these, uh, it's not so much that they're. Uh, that there shouldn't be more poetic language. I actually think that's probably fitting mm-hmm. for the movie, but the standard of quality of the translation is, is pretty inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there are some, it, it almost kind of works. The version I looked it. at, there were some definite, definite misspellings and, and things like that right. throughout the movie. I have a great screenshot of the abbess saying her destiny is full of bellicosity. <laughs> is that your wallpaper now, Matthew? <laughs> it should be. But yeah, this is so already like as we're introduced to Angela Mao's character, it's clear like she uh, has an edge and is full of a full of rage. Uh, It's interesting Mm -hmm. rewatching it. And I was kind of wondering like, oh, wow, like, are we really on this character's side like as our protagonist? Because they actually (laughs) seem pretty like hell bent on on Mm -hmm. hurting people. Um, But I think it's 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 very well handled so that. Uh, the scene that follows, uh, it's during sort of a spiritual teaching about the tenets of Buddhism, and she sneaks out the window to go into the woods. <laughs> and this is when we see her uh, train with a, a staff, which is like her preferred weapon. Yeah, and we see her scorpions, and she has, she really has a connection with these scorpions. Mm-hmm. And she's attacked by some men, a uh, couple of familiar faces. And actually, I don't know if you guys caught, but it is Yuen Biu that uh, is one of the guys that's fighting. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, his face gets kind of obscured. You don't get a really clear shot of, of him, but actually, oh, a, yeah, a handful of guys. So it's like uh, a couple of the Yun brothers are are in the movie, you know, Yun Chun-Yi and Brandy Yun and Yun Yat-Chor. And then yeah. uh, you might recognize Corey Yun, who's um, one of the great, uh, you know, choreographers. Oh, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, sorry, I was, I was rewatching the scene, and yeah, he's he's in the back, and he has like this huge wig and a headband on. But yeah, good stuff. Damn, I messed that yeah. up. I I should have caught that. That's good. Good stuff. And so so she, you know, makes quick work of these guys, oh, and yeah. the abbess, uh, look, she's basically trying to see where she's gone off to, and she comes upon oh, the yeah. end of the fight, and she sees that she's basically uh, torturing this man with one of the yeah. scorpions. Yeah, she tied him up to a tree and is slowly letting a scorpion walk onto him and stab him, <laughs> or sting him, rather. Ooh. Yeah, oh my gosh. And so 
she's basically ejected out of yeah the, she's um, kicked out of the out of the monastery the, monas- the monastery uh, but it's it's interesting because uh the abbess seems to say like you know the door is open if you sort of find your way spiritually mm-hmm. and so then angela's character goes off to find her her godmother and i think it's mm-hmm. this point of the film that kind of makes it all work as far as uh, caring about our protagonist um, mm. because as she approaches her godmother you can tell she's like in anguish she's just very honest about mm-hmm. how she feels and she says like essentially that she's filled with this rage that she doesn't understand and she she wants answers uh, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. I don't know I can't think of any other film that's depicted something quite like that It's mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of like anime that does stuff like this like this kind of hot-blooded attitude where you don't even understand why you are this way you just this is just who you are the godmother's a little hesitant at first to tell her the story because she doesn't want her to continue this you know this cycle of revenge but um, eventually decides that you know this is like this might be like her the spirit of her mother telling her or like giving her a hint at what's going on (laughs) in the afterlife Um, and presumably she tells her at this point because we cut to a scene in a restaurant where there's lots of silly sound effects and a fat guy slurping at lots of noodles. Um, <laughs> but the important part is that we get introduced to, does he have a name? Because uh, they only refer upper to classman, him as upper, it's about? To say his yeah. upperclassman just his name because that's the only way they refer to him as far as I could tell in the movie. The other pickpocket, you mean? Yeah, the other pickpocket. So actually... Um... I was going to ask you guys about that because the the <laughs> name I found was Ah Shu, which really? sounds like a joke. But yeah, yeah. it sounds like a it's like, a- like a sneezing on yeah. Latvia. A H space S H U. That's the name that huh. I found. So you guys got something else. See, <laughs> that's funny. And also maybe maybe Ashu is upperclassman. Oh, it, it could Mandarin. be. It could be. Yeah. Uh, could the only be. thing I ever saw was upperclassman. <laughs> yeah, th- so they refer to each other as upperclassmen and under and underclassmen. underclassmen? Is, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. is that how it's translated? Yeah. Um, and here we get a little taste of some of the kung fu comedy that's just around the corner in mm-hmm. uh, Hong Kong cinema, and it's in this tea house. And we can see, uh, I think the sequence works pretty well. Yeah, he pickpockets this guy, and then with his own wallet, pays for his meal um yeah yeah. he's real magnanimous and then as he gets out into the street he just can't stop pickpocketing he's trying to sell this um sort of explicitly painted uh fan yeah which Um, there's another exploitation thing too you know all these forbidden things like oh i'm playing with the scorpion oh i'm selling pornography you know yeah Um, right the threat of revenge all these things yeah, it's pretty cool. And then there's a great sequence where he encounters Angela Mao's character, um, mm-hmm. and she has this scarf, and she's sort of... I mean, at first, you might not even recognize her as the same character because she's just... She's acting so differently, like this mm-hmm. sort of, like, um, you know, wilting flower or something. Um, yeah, very it's clearly a, It's clearly a ruse, and she mm-hmm. sort of pretends to flirt with him, and then she, she sort of pickpockets... Uh, upperclassman's wallet. An upperclassman pickpockets <laughs> her. <laughs> right. And so there's this great thing where I think he had left some sort of like safety string or something. Yeah, yeah. Connected to his wallet so that as she starts walking away, 
um yeah she tugs on the end of the string and they're kind of stuck together yeah and then and then it like snaps back onto him and there's this goofy (laughs) but then we find out that it turns out upperclassman is another person that's kind of training under thousand hands yeah and so they they get the their connection there well, and I love, like, you know, he refers to her as master, at, you know, a thousand hands mm-hmm. is yeah. uh, Angela's godmother. And I also, I, I don't know, I just, so far in the film, we've seen an interesting variety of very powerful, enabled women. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, they're certainly not shying away from the gender disparity in this culture and in this period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is really refreshing and really thought provoking yeah. seeing some of these. Definitely passes characters. the Bechdel test. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah and right. uh, I also I also love that unlike you know some Hong Kong films that are maybe are kind of thrown together a little bit more speedily, we did actually plant the seeds for um, the Godmother's background in pickpocketing like early on, like mm-hmm. when we were first introduced to her. So it's kind of satisfying mm-hmm. that yeah, that's why she was her called Thousand Hands is because yeah. she because she pickpocketed <laughs> and that's why she was in prison. Yeah, and the naming conventions are so cool. Thousand Hands is an awesome name. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> We're thinking of our uh, firstborn daughter, maybe going by thousand. Do hands. it, thousand hands, junior. <laughs> Thousy would be like sort of a nickname. Thousy, hey, look, come here, Thousy. Yeah. <laughs> makes me, uh, kind of yeah. makes me think of uh, uh, E Honda. That's sure. hundred hand slap, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred hand, not, slap. not thousand hands. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get another cut to uh, these uh, a bunch of men in a in a gambling den playing a domino game, which is called uh, Pai Gao. Is what mm-hmm. I found. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, d- I didn't quite understand the rules. I read through them. I didn't quite get it. But <laughs> basically, it's a game using dominoes, and you can bet on you know what what you're going to lay down. Um, and we actually get to see the guy that played Smiling Tiger in the yeah. last movie, mm-hmm. um, Yun Zong Lee. Yeah. yeah, and it w- it's great kind of having this as back to back films. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you see, yeah, when you see him again, it's like, it's oh, you know what? Later, I, I still but... want him to get some comeuppance from the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's so actually not that far off from the character he was playing in the last movie. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, a, he's like a henchman for a yeah. for a big a bigger bad in this movie. So you maybe um, get he, a sense he doesn't make it as doesn't make it as long as he does in the last movie. No. <laughs> right. But you kind of get a sense of these actors that kind of maybe they were character actors and ended up playing these similar. Mm-hmm roles in different movies yeah absolutely uh we get to see dean sheck a little bit later yeah yeah similar role it's funny he looks really fresh face here even though it's only a year or two really only a year before we saw him in snake and eagle shadow Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we then we get introduced to uh how she who now has a nice eye patch where he got stabbed in the eye earlier and he's like running the the gambling den. Yeah, and they're kind of shaking down this like regular patron. Um, yeah, who's already yeah. very much in the hole and in uh, like gambling debt. And he's and, like trying to leverage his house for more. Yeah, money. Mm-hmm. so he ends up giving over the deed to his house, thinking he'll get uh, like a cash advance or something. And instead, they basically just like take the deed and lock him up. Yeah, it's really weird. It feels like they kind of run their own little world and almost like kind of police the community in an interesting way yeah man it's kind of like an underworld thing which kind of plays into the the bigger plot uh later in the movie yeah totally i guess we uh, should have said that like um 
part of the reason that uh that Angela Mao's father that his character was killed is that he was basically this honest man that was going to report this political corruption so um Mm -hmm. yeah all these guys who need the sort of revenge exacted on them yeah they're all very very corrupt fellas (laughs) so at this point angela mao's character comes in and like offers to like play him in a game right yeah the reason that she does that is because they apprehend um thousand hand student the ashu character. Oh, upper classman. oh yeah the upper yeah. classman yeah and he's kind of in a bind and she shows up with the wallets that he stole and she offers kind of like a game of paigal where it's like an exchange where hey if i that's be- right i beat you um he can go free but if you beat me um i'll be with you something like that yeah. and he yeah. he easily agrees to that knowing that he'd most likely beat her yeah. Right. And she's acting in this that sort of flirtatious way that mm-hmm. we yeah. know is we know is like a, a sort of a ruse. Yeah. Um and actually I, I'm sure you guys had this thought. Do you think there's any chance that some of the Japanese developers of Street Fighter were trying to depict Chun Li based on totally. some of Angela's <laughs> look here? Yeah, for sure. You, <laughs> you know, see her I can, later I in the movie that. in like a blue outfit with gold trim and mm. She's got the buns. She doesn't have them covered up like Chun Li, but she's totally right. Chun Li. Definitely yeah, is influenced they, by. Angela and then they Mom's just sort character. of exaggerate and sort of sexualize the like that mm-hmm. character. And I mean, Chun Li, like, like, like most of Street Fighter, I suppose. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. Chun Li always first and foremost is she's like the strongest woman in the world, right? That's what she mm-hmm. says, right, right? And and you definitely get that attitude from Angela Mao in this movie. And in, I I shared some stuff from virtual fighter with you guys earlier yeah yeah pai chan definitely is uh influenced by that as well so that character archetype not as common as like a maybe a bruce lee type character in fighting games but definitely if you see maybe a kung fu uh female in a fighting game chances are that she's gonna be either influenced by angela mouse type characters or influenced by chun li which in turn was influenced by that so it's pretty cool to see this movie and see that influence there and a lot of times when um they show chun li like in maybe like promotional artwork she'll be doing kind of kung fu poses with her hands forward similar to a lot of the shots that you see in this movie with angela mao where it's angela mao ready to fight with her hands pointed up and forward towards her opponents you'll Mm. see that from chun li a lot in artwork after they uh, play the game, she loses and uh, she has like all these, you know, like has the little handkerchief over her of her face and everything and is laid down in a bed. And you're expecting, you know, he's going to try to get on her and she'll, you know, throw a scorpion on him. But then he drops down this big like metal cage <laughs> over, yeah. over her and uh, says basically like, I know I know who you are. And. Then she responds the way she responds to most people in this movie by throwing scorpions on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of, like this movie could be called scorpion throwing. Like, right. Like scorpion. Yeah, next scorpion queen or something. You don't yeah. actually ever see a scorpion biting or stinging anyone, but you see mm-hmm. them crawling around and then you'll see like yeah. a, a wound where they were. It's really well staged and edited because you yeah. almost swear that you do, you do see Yep. The actual bites, but yeah, you know, and there's something really troubling about this scene starting 
as she's lying in the bed and it's, yeah, you almost get a little panic stricken. It's like, oh, I don't want to, you know, relive this, this moment. Yeah. It's um, like, yeah, is it going to happen again? But yeah. yeah, she's ready. And, and also like exploitation movies, like, you know, when you're a kid, you watch a movie, like maybe you're not supposed to be watching and mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, like what's going to happen? Like, or you like a scene of violence. Like this movie totally seems like one of those movies that I would have like had on a VHS tape and it's like, uh, I probably shouldn't let my parents know that I'm watching this movie. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's interesting um, thinking a little bit about sort of gender in this film, maybe even as compared to Come Drink With Me. Like with Come Drink With Me, there's a lot of just kind of theatrical concession that, oh yeah, we don't recognize that Chang Pepe is a woman in this scene and then she is a woman. Mm. And there's some discussion about it, but it isn't extremely relevant to that story uh, what's interesting here is uh really how angela's character infiltrates uh so many of these you know creepy men is she's kind of like playing on their stereotypes for how they see women yeah and she's kind of fulfilling actually it kind of reminds me of kill bill like uh you know bill's great speech at the end of part two where he's saying he's talking about superman and he said mm-hmm. clark kent is how superman views us and what are the characteristics of clark kent He's weak, he's unsure of himself, he's a coward. Clark Kent is Superman's critique on the whole human race. Yeah, she's almost like giving these guys like their kind of stereotype of this like, uh, you know, weak damsel in distress that it would just be fawning over them. And she uses that. Uh, very cleverly against them and mm-hmm. i don't know it's pretty it's pretty neat that the movie actually kind of gets into that material and here kind of creates a really a unique character that's using her position and kind of using her identity like as a means mm-hmm. of attack yeah it's great yeah yeah using how people would expect her to be to to circumvent those <laughs> right. expectations yeah and so, she does that in this very scene yeah. by she throws the scorpions on them the uh, how gets the two guards to um, release her and then she uh, gets some help from upperclassmen who throws her a, a staff and there's a great uh, fight scene here where they fight off the attackers and then uh, escape away yeah yeah and super really cool. and we and saw her training a little bit earlier with the staff but yeah she's mm-hmm. she's incredible with that and I think most of the posters of this film will kind of depict her with the with the staff and this mm-hmm. is where we see Corey on. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the the henchmen she oh, kind of cool. smacks around. We get some of those shots that you were talking about, Marty, where it's like a point of view, either of a strike <laughs> right. or of the attack. So you'll see a yeah. dude, it's like the guy's flying away from the camera, like he just got struck with their staff. There's some, yeah, there's some great shots of people flying away and great shots of the staff, like, coming towards you, like, as the viewer. Yep, right. Uh, and but right before they run away, they they go over to Howe and say, you know, where are the other where are the other murderers? And he's already dead. So yep. so they have to get away. <laughs> um, and then we cut to the funeral where Angela Mao's character and upperclassmen are both basically standing around trying to look for the other the other conspirators mm-hmm, to try right. to, you know, track them. Back. Yeah, they're kind of shielding their faces so they're not recognized. Yeah. And it's at this point when we're introduced to a brand new character uh, yep. depicted by Bruce Leung, yeah. who's one of the great many, you know, there are quite a handful of actors uh, that were positioned to try to to try to kind of 
take some of the Bruce Lee spotlight and their names were usually changed. There's Bruce Lee with an eye and Bruce Lung is, yeah. is one of them and uh, an incredible fighter as we'll see uh, a little mm-hmm. bit later in the film. But what I love, um, and I know I'd seen the film before, but I'm pretty sure I had this impression when first watching it, you kind of, you kind of have the sense that this is a good guy. Am, am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Did you guys kind of have that feeling? Yeah, like, I totally Even agree. from early on. Yep. Even though they don't, um, like this funeral scene, he says that he's in league with uh, how she that's died. and But you still kind of get this, he has a sense of uh, justice to him. Yeah, yeah. 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 And not, he says he was coming to like train for business along with him. Yeah. And it's like he he did, maybe doesn't know that he was like a conspirator or something like that. Yep. And here's uh, another actor that you might recognize from Kung Fu Hustle because he yeah. plays the main antagonist in that. He's the beast. yeah. He's the big the big bad there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. And Chin Bong is the name of the character. They, right. I was confused writing my notes because I missed it because they say his name exactly once in the movie <laughs> and none of the stuff online had his name. So, <laughs> yeah, Chin Bong. And, of course, upperclassmen can't resist himself and steals Chin Bong's uh, wallet <laughs> before right. he walks up. Um, but then you see that uh, Chin Bong's asking a lot of questions about the situation so right. he begins to realize that maybe the two people he ran into are tied to what happened. So mm-hmm. we get a little chase. Yeah, yeah this right, is great. The, We're kind of, uh, the yeah. smiling tiger says that, you know, he's that one of the people that killed how she was a pickpocket. He checks his wall for his wallet mm-hmm. and it's gone <laughs> and, and chases after them. And this is also the first time when we are introduced to, uh, we very briefly see this man wearing black and having his face covered. Yeah. And you just see him for like a second and then he just slides out of frame. So awesome. And I love the kind of little musical cue that he gets every Mm -hmm. time he shows up. It's like a, almost like a rattlesnake, but also like, it's like a I I'm not sure what instrument it is, but it sounds really cool. The, the music in this movie is a little interesting too. There's a there's a couple mm-hmm. things that'll come up later that I was surprised to hear. Yeah, and it, the, we should say the music is by uh, Joseph Ku, who uh, had also scored a few of the uh, the Bruce Lee films, and mm. um, he initially I think was a Shaw Brothers guy, and I believe Run Run Shaw financed his um his education in america and he actually studied at the berkeley college of music and then came back to hong kong to to score films and uh he ended up uh even writing music for some pop songs and stuff and yeah kind of a yeah kind of a a big deal in the um music community there so the 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 bad guys from the funeral make their way uh, they follow upperclassmen back upperclassmen back to a thousand hands this uh, house and try to beat thousand hands to get them to uh, get upperclassmen to tell him where uh, Leon G eh, yeah <laughs> where Leon is and all these names um, <laughs> and um, hey man and you, then you wanted comes. to start this Kung Fu podcast so that's, that's true you gotta <laughs> live true. with these names <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, but she comes in and, of course, throws more scorpions at, at Smiling Tiger. Right. I want to call him Smiling Tiger. He doesn't get a name in this in this movie. Right. But, 
But she throws it, um, loses the other guys, and gives him the antidote and is asking, like, you know, where are the other guys? And he reveals where um, Dao-Chi is, or Dao-Si, I don't Mm -hmm. don't remember how you said it, I just have it written down. Um, Yeah. And and she says that he's at, uh, he owns a brothel. And then an honest-to-God ninja runs out, throws yeah. a dart at him, and kills him. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which, And I say ninja, it, like, it really is like a guy wearing all black with just his eyes revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I wonder, who was that guy? Because it's not our mysterious, like, um, shrouded See, I, I, I wasn't 100% sure because... I was thinking maybe it could have... You know, she so she runs... In pursuit, and she bumps into one of the other guys. That um, mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie, you realize he's one of the good guys. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think that oh, yeah, he would yeah. have killed. I don't think he would have killed the smiling tiger's character. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure who it is. But she runs yeah. into him, and and they start fighting. But uh, in the middle of their fight, it's broken up by that uh, that mysterious but, stranger. Yeah, the yeah. same mysterious guy. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, I think Quo Chang Yu is the actor who's playing that that guy. Um, okay. Also, an, yeah, an incredible uh, combatant. And this, yeah, somebody. that dude. I mean, when you see him later, he it's just a long list of dudes that look like my dad in kung fu movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's that there's, is true. There's a bunch of them in this movie. It's like, oh wow, that guy looks like my dad. Wait, that guy looks like my dad. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah. So they um so they trace uh, they find the brothel that the uh, that uh, Dao Kui or it's it's so confusing because sometimes it'll have C I for his name and mm. sometimes it'll have Q I sure. for his name. So I, yes, I that sort of subtitle inconsistency yeah. that we run. But anyways, into. they find they find the the brothel and they concoct this plan to say that like thousand hands is leon's mother and is selling her to the brothel but cheng bong comes in and lets them know hey this this girl is like she's super well trained and she's going to try to kill you basically yeah um, right this is probably one of the cool besides the uh, the second to last fight scene this is one of the coolest fight scenes in the movie mm-hmm. where yeah, like everyone yeah, in the brothel knows scene. that she's um going to be causing trouble and so they like lay out a trap for her and while they're spying on her uh she's like waiting for them and she like punches this one guy through the through the wall and he falls off and that just leads off to this great um like five minute long sequence of lots of people falling over and and jumping over stuff and mm-hmm. you know lots of punches and and this is where she's dressed up like you could see like maybe yes. chun li or i, or I could see Chen. like an alternate costume right. for 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 yep. chun li and there's like there's this. a dude that just jumps from the first floor up to the yeah. balcony i was like whoa yeah. who's this guy yeah. and then he doesn't do anything <laughs> like, yeah yeah and then he just immediately gets gets knocked out it's pretty cool though yeah so you said she didn't she did almost all of her own stunts in this right not that many doubling because she yeah there's there's one shot uh towards the end of the sequence when she's squaring off with the main villain um and we'll have to we should say like this is one of the first of many like really out there weapons he has like these wolverine claws um (laughs) but there's a sequence where uh in the foreground there's like these dividers from 
one of the doorways or whatever and her character is like doing this this series of flips and that's a double and like i said there's mm. really only one or two other spots that are double and it usually has to do with it, some kind of more acrobatic moment mm. but otherwise you can tell i mean it's all it's all her um great choreography here and mm-hmm. I mean, there are honestly some scenes where you almost want to pause and rewind because there's so much happening in the frame. I, I uh, seriously So did many that. people moving and fighting. We talked about that a little bit with uh, Magnificent Butcher, the great scene say, when they're attacking the school. Um, and a, lot of, a lot of weird weapons in that scene too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, really, really inventive, uh, terrific choreography here. And there's a brief little moment where Bruce Lung's character is in the foreground and he's kind of like listening in on the fight. And I can't recall what he says, but it's, he basically uh, says that the, um, the name of the mysterious stranger. Oh, right. Right. Cause, um, she's, Oh yeah. Cause some... the mysterious stranger has like popped up and is giving her some like pro tips on how to, yeah how to fight this guy. He tells her to like, he's like, tell her to attack his arms with her strong right. kicks. And, and the right, other thing right. too is like during this, there's kind of like, goofy fighting with the upperclassmen because yeah he's not a martial artist he's just kind of jumping around dodging yeah he's more sort of like three stooging his way yeah this guy's (laughs) Mm -hmm. fight and it's like nyuk nyuk and like hitting him in the eye and stuff but he's the Mm -hmm. one that uh, relays the message to her and then once Mm -hmm. uh she knows this she's able to get the upper hand and right when um Dao Dao Ki right when He's about to be defeated. He has kind of like a desperation attack where he squeezes this like metal ball and it shoots like a cloud of poison at her. And that's and basically the end of this confrontation. Yeah. She's all messed up. And they show her yeah. sad dead scorpions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and we see that uh, that upperclassmen and thousands have taken her back to the monastery to try to, you know, fire try to figure out who who could, you know, cure this poison. Um right. And the abbess then points them to go to this this wanderer called the Seven Peak Wanderer. Mm-hmm. He's kind of living alone up in this mountain, and they need to receive this uh, antidote from him. So Thousand Hands and upperclassmen go over there, and he's reluctant to help. So they've got sticky fingers, and they want to get that stuff <laughs> yeah. back. So they, they end up stealing it. They but- each steal some antidotes, and then... When before they get back to the monastery, he's actually beat them there, and then mm-hmm. kind of lets them know it's like, yeah, neither of those uh, would do what you need, or they're actually some sort of like sexual they say it's like sexual stimulant or something, like <laughs> yeah, that. something. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and he's he's one of my favorite characters in the film because I like it introduces this moral dilemma where uh, mm-hmm. he kind of lets lets everyone know, um, kind of once he s- sees uh, the state of uh, Angela Mao's character, where it's like, oh, actually, like. I'm one of the people she's going to be coming for. Yeah, um, it's cool to like, see a, an antagonist with a character arc like that. Yeah, you know? totally. You, you feel for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like he wants to sort of put that past. And then uh, we see the flashback again, and all these, all those guys were complicit for sure, but he's the only one that tries to curb some of the violence. Mm-hmm. In the flashback, yeah. he says, oh, no, we were only supposed to you know, kill this That's man. Right. We're not supposed to... Yep attack his wife or anything yeah um, and then so yeah, he, that's a really cool reveal that he's yeah. that he was one of the people but he's kind of turned his life around mm-hmm. oh, and Matthew, he gives the medicine but when you meet my dad 
<laughs> make sure you don't confuse him with someone else. <laughs> Can't do. And I think I was. I think I, I must have just not been as paying as close attention. No, I got you too. And I mean, I and watched they, they the also dress them of... very much in in the same kind of way. Sure, um, sure. I I watched um, the movie a couple of times while you know just to make sure. I mean, whatever. But I could totally like the after the first time I was like, wait, is that is that this guy or is that, oh no, I see now. <laughs> yeah, especially because the guy in the in the mask, like in the covering, helps the helps uh, right Angela Mountain upperclassmen throughout the movie, yeah. which is also kind yeah. of a strange motivation because there's, I I wonder if he was kind of using her as a weapon, you know, to take out his opposition like if he wanted to yeah yeah um, kind of get ahead yeah. he wanted to be the only one that i think that yeah the this someone ends up accusing him of that in the end yeah um, mm-hmm. but we should say this character the one that's maybe kind of trying to pursue a more righteous path yeah he does this healing practice that seems to be working and he's also kind of accepted his fate like he's prepared mm-hmm. for her to confront him yeah um, once he yeah. finds out who she is he's not reluctant to tell he, i mean he tries to leave but he does let them know that he's one of these people that she's right destined to take revenge on yeah and, he's win win Zhao is yeah. the character's name and the makeup oh, right. on her while she's like in a coma or whatever it looks oh man she almost yeah. looks like she's porcelain she's got yeah these, it's really un, kind of unnerving yeah, yeah she looks almost yeah, like very unnerving purple and like sweaty it's kind of right. weird most of the transfers of this film have like a very strong blue tint to them uh mm-hmm. actually happens with a lot of golden harvest movies i don't i don't know exactly what the cause of it was or something with the film stock but yeah it, it kind of adds to uh how kind of disturbing it looks i think i'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of spoiled by these new releases that i've been finding because the shout mm-hmm. factory set that i have it looks mm-hmm. really nice Oh man! Yeah, oh, I think I can't the set's like version. I think it's like twenty five bucks, but you get your money's worth for sure. Whenever Win Zhao uh, goes away from after uh, helping to heal uh, Leon, he runs into the the masked man this time, who is uh, uh, Zhao Kai. Yeah, is what I have written down. Right, uh, Zhao Kai. Yeah. Who is that's the he's the masked man, he's the last one, uh, the last of the four conspirators remaining, right? And they have a pretty cool uh fight, but he he kills Win Zhao, mm-hmm. and yeah. it is great. Uh, for a second, we see that um, upperclassman it, is this upperclassman or is it yeah, it uh, is, yeah, yeah, like he's a, like peering in from the woods, you see him for like a second, yeah, you see upperclassman peering in from the woods and he throws a dart at him and uh. Upperclassman like dodges out of the way and says that he's going to be he's going to be waiting at like a a government office. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to be waiting at the biggest set that they have at Golden Harvest. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's it so crazy. So cool. Yep. And then we get introduced to like the the big big bad of the movie. It's kind of funny that they yeah. He's sort of like the head until... politician. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's some um, interesting like the sort of political plotting of the film I think is pretty mm-hmm. interesting it's not I don't know if the movie quite has enough time uh, to really yeah. clarify all of that yeah. but yeah we're in this pretty large set it looks almost like a dungeon from like the original Prince of Persia or something yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. and we see this like this group room. of men that are standing there and then there are two uh, two 
kind of henchman, this older, mm-hmm. more sort of drunken guy, mm-hmm. and Sammo Hung with this amazing. Yes, yeah, I say, beard. and I, I did not know Sammo Hung at first because I I saw that Sammo Hung was in this. I didn't even sure. think about it, but then when I was watching through it again, I was like, "That's Sammo Hung." Yeah, and not <laughs> only that, that, but the and the, the other guy's Dean Sheck, right? No, 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 no. Dean Sheck showed up earlier in the uh, brothel. Right in the brothel, he, yeah. he actually gets a kind of a little fight scene too, where he's fighting against Chen Bang, where yeah, Chen Bang's yeah. trying to intercept a message, and he's still trying to. Yeah, yeah, stay that's undercover. right. That's right. That's where you kind of get a little bit of his motivation, where it's like he's actually a good guy, just trying to. I investigate the like wrongdoings of this group, but um, this character yeah, who's the who's the second guy here? He's played by Han Ying Chie, that the yeah. the guy with the scar From, and come, come drink, drink with me. me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And not yeah. only that, he was actually the uh, the choreographer of Come Drink with Me. Oh, great. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're like the they're like the elites in this oh, in this yeah. group of they'd of, be of like people. one of the final bosses. Yeah, yeah, and they're kind of the one of the final bosses of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's this um, interesting plot where basically it's revealed that oh, there's so there's some sort of uh, double agent, or there might be multiple double agents mm-hmm. um, in our crew, and so they pull one of them out, and he's basically forced to to fight um, Samuel's character and. Uh, mm-hmm. Han Ying Chase character. Um, and so you kind of think that's the end of it, and it cuts to a shot of Bruce Long, and you're, and by now you're kind of piecing it together. It's like, oh, you know what? This would make sense if he's actually a double agent because mm-hmm. he seems to, you know, be communicating with uh, our sort of evildoers, but we've got a good feeling about this guy. Um, but sure enough, they actually have his sort of like wanted portrait or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and the so first the first guy next. that gets killed totally looks like my dad. Also, oh man, <laughs> and you get to see uh, um, the drunken style dude. Have, he's got like a flame breath attack that yeah, yeah. Oh really gosh, devastating. <laughs> yeah, and he and he that's how he beats this guy is, yep. is he 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 burns him because mm-hmm. he like he has him down on the ground and then he takes a swig of the alcohol yeah. and blows at him and sets him on fire. And so then uh, Bruce Long, who's in gray, if I remember right, uh, he then mm-hmm. has to square off against uh, Quo Cheng Yu's character, who's in blue. And I I don't know about you guys, but I think it's extremely important that these guys are wearing different colors because they have very similar mm-hmm. like looks and builds from a distance. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And I mean, um, like they have the same like hairstyle. Their eyebrows are almost identical. Right. But so they, they have a cool little fight scene, but then he ends up getting, getting slashed yeah. with a, with a sword but, and is presumably dead on the ground. And uh, Bruce Long has this amazing jump kick. Oh um, man. Thank you for mentioning scene. that. Oh, he gets so gosh. high in the air. So I was, high. I watched that twice too. Like, is there some other stuff going on here? No, <laughs> right. he literally jumps that high and does an awesome jump kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. we should Good say, uh, you know, we've mentioned about all the kind of like side stunt players that are in this film. And we've got mm-hmm. Bruce Long and we've got Samo and Kuo Cheng Yu, all these incredible fighters. But still, Angela's fighting really takes the cake in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's some. Mm-hmm. She she really is that good. Not to take anything away from these gentlemen because they really are incredible, and these are um, some amazing sequences. But um, yeah, it just goes to show, like, yeah, what a superstar she is in this movie. Then we after he after uh, Bruce Long's character gets presumably killed, we see him get thrown out. But then the guy that 
just fought him comes back around and realizes that that Bruce Long's character wasn't actually dead. He was like faking dead or, or whatever, and he yeah he revives him. Yeah, and it's clear they had sort of like kind planned of, this and yeah like they kind of they're planned in, that they would in league together in league um, with each other. Yeah, that's hardcore, yeah. man. How can you? All right, I'm gonna. I'm going to slice your gut open, but yeah, I'm, gonna I'm pretend not going to kill you real quick. <laughs> right. The other thing that's really interesting that I wanted to bring up is, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the melody that plays in that scene, that's the same melody from Come Drink With Me, the second song. It's <laughs> That that um, drunken cat. Oh, drunk sings. cat sings. It's the oh, same wow. melody. That's why I wanted to Ooh, ask you guys huh. about that because that was really. I, I mean, I, I imagine it's probably just some traditional Chinese song. Yeah, it must I'll be have some to, sort of folk song. Check that out. Maybe there's wow. some roots in that, but I wonder if there's more to it than that because it's it's literally the the whole melody is the same. So then we get to the uh, uh, kind of the. The beginning of the end of the movie, we see uh, Angela Mao sneaking in, and they actually they hang one of the guards from a tree, which yeah, is kind of rough. He gets messed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she finds this one person um, sleeping in a bed, and he she like stabs him through the throat, which is also pretty rough. Yeah, she's she's pretty yeah. brutal in this movie. Revenge is serious, um, man. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> uh, real. But the guy that was fighting uh, Bruce Long's character earlier uh, finds him or finds her, and says like that you know that's not who you're looking for, right? Um, and like you're you're causing a lot of trouble by trying to do your revenge. You're you know messing up our our plan to to stop these conspirators. I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't right. have any examples uh, in my head, but I do remember you know reading in history books how like um, high ranking officials would often have um, like duplicate like people that looked like them mm-hmm. to um, you know to ward yeah. off. I think you're thinking of uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh. <laughs> No. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. That's one example, Marty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, George Lucas did like a Ken Burns amount of research for that. (laughs) (laughs) To kind of, you know. I remember whenever whenever I was a kid me and my friend thought that that beginning was so funny because there's just this horrible explosion out of nowhere. (laughs) And we just watched it and rewatched that scene like four times. (laughs) Nice. Gosh. Anyways, back to this movie. Um, back to a much better movie. Um, right. Zhao Kai comes in with upperclassmen and like throws him at Angela Mao, and we see that he's dead. He got stabbed in the back. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Yeah. This killed, is this is brutal. Funny guy. Because I mean, uh, a half an hour ago, uh, he definitely sort of felt almost like a co-lead of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he's gone. I mean, and the the film does kind of have to shift attention more towards Bruce Long, and um, I suppose if you do have to make that difficult storytelling decision of having someone go, mm-hmm. uh, it re- is really effective yeah. here. But gosh, yeah, you don't see it coming. And then we get this this uh, confrontation with the 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 main guy Chow uh, Chow Kui, I think. 
um yeah chow kui yeah yeah chow is what i put in most of my notes so mm-hmm. um but we get like confrontation with them and then this is whenever the beginning of the end of the fight scenes comes in um lots of great uh fighting with uh angela mao and just like the you know blacky guys while the you know there's literally a scene where where two of them are fighting in the courtyard uh yeah. while the 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 elite guys are just standing in the back watching yeah um it really is. This is definitely the most video gamey part of the movie. There are a lot um, of beats. We've mentioned it before, but there are a lot of beats. Like, I think this movie, more so than the rest that we've seen, you could totally translate this into a video game. And oh, it would easily be a great game. I'd love to play it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, totally. And this you is the have... sequence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you could have like a, a, a giving birth mini game. It's like a button tap. Like,. <laughs> The mom oh giving gosh. birth to. <laughs> Ugh, you're good. You're good. Uh, a little, little QTE oh, action. The other thing is that in this sequence, like, they don't really establish this ahead of time, but um, Jia Lian has these yo-yos that she uses to fight with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I think it's the. It's the same idea. I think I, was, I thought it was like the wallets, like the wallets that um, upperclassmen was using earlier that snap back. Oh. I thought she had like just two of those and was using them it, as weapons. It looks like a purple yo-yo that she's using to attack with. I interpreted it as she she kind of took that idea as her own. And, and I like that. Yeah, I like that fight. too. No, that that makes <laughs> sense. And yeah, so we, uh, we mentioned uh, like there's some fighting um, inside and then sort of like outside in the courtyard. And then as they come back inside, um, this is one of the probably most memorable uh, fights of the film where it's Angela and Samo against each other. And that's where this is also one of the most uh, direct sort of Kill Bill references because he has. Yes, he has the um, the chains that like he throws and um, like wraps around her and her head and stuff. It's pretty cool Uh, that like he doesn't have any spoken lines. He's just in there to be mm-hmm. a badass yeah gosh <laughs> he's so so powerful uh we'll have to put it in the show notes but i found this really cool video i don't know if you guys caught it is uh several years ago now but there's an organization that was giving samuel this lifetime achievement award i think they were in new york and as a surprise he didn't know it was happening uh they had angela mao come on stage to like give him the award oh, cool. and oh, it's this so really cool. ex- extremely touching uh moment seeing the two of them mm-hmm. and they're both like just so happy to see each other so we'll have to put a link mm-hmm. for that that's yeah, great yeah. uh but after that uh chow kui runs away uh, has this like secret compartment uh, and runs away but angela mao uh just chases him um fights off a couple yeah of she kind of indiana jones is like into the yes. door mm-hmm. awesome. now, this scene's this scene's very blue like there's some other scenes that are kind of blue but this scene's right. like dramatically bluer than the rest of it. and from here on to the end uh i mean it's happened throughout the movie but um a lot of productions you'll see this where it's like the a camera has a very different film stock from the b camera oh right and yeah now that you like, say that i totally see what you mean uh, so mm-hmm. it can be pretty, pretty pronounced, but yeah, I'd love yeah. to see that shout factory remaster. Cause a lot of this stuff can, mm-hmm. especially with digital yeah, tools you, can you, totally be correct. Yeah. You can totally fix it. Uh, but so now Angela comes in and there's just this really, it's really quiet. And they're in that same huge room. Like you're saying the biggest room at the, <laughs> at the studio lot. Right. And 
this is I have literally played video games with this boss character in it. <laughs> uh, she comes in, and we see uh, someone who we assume is Chao Kui um, in a mask. And then right. from behind him, we see, like, six other people wearing the exact same outfit yeah. all coming in. And, like, one of them reveals himself to be uh, Chao Kui, but then puts the mask back on. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. almost like a shell game where you, like, show where the dice it's, are. Yeah, that's what I wrote yeah. in my notes. It's a shell game fight. <laughs> or the Phantom Ganon fight from, sure. from Ocarina of Time. Sure. Oh, my gosh, totally. Uh, yeah. And this is another great part. Every time that she beats one of them and takes off the mask, you hear like this horrible laugh mm-hmm. in the background. <laughs> and that is, that's like, that's literally a thing from a video game. Yeah, that's so cool. Whenever <laughs> like, she takes a- out, yeah, one of the guys and their mask flies off, you see, you hear yeah. that laughter. Yeah. The other thing is like they have this cool kind of Chinese ghost aesthetic to their outfit. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And there's some Yeah, yeah, this you're right. Yeah, like the like the vamp the, like the hopping vampires yeah. thing. Um I, I forgot what they're called, but it's like yeah. Jiangxi or Kyongxi yeah. I've heard. Um something like that. The other thing that's kind of cool that we could link to come drink with me is that in this sequence she's fighting with like two short swords just like ching oh, pei right. was and uh, come drink with me so that's pretty cool and you get to see a lot of these interesting camera techniques that marty was talking about earlier there's some shots where um it's like super tight on her like jumping up at the camera because she's gonna attack one of the um aggressors that are like coming down on her it's pretty cool what was that term that you used uh, where they speed up the undercranking? Was oh, the undercranking, yeah. There's a couple of shots yeah. like that as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's funny. My, my wife uh, saw, like, watched over my sh- shoulder for a little bit and said, are they speeding it up right there? And yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, they, they do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, uh, but then they also... For the most part, it's pretty tasteful do, in this movie, but yeah, it does happen. Yeah. Sometimes. But then there's also some cool slow-mo shots, too. Yeah. Uh, where like she like throws the swords in the air and oh, then yeah, grabs them right. from the people's bodies. Yeah, totally. And that's there's a, a great, really cool like, shot. Um, I love the almost kind of like the story rhythm of this fight because it's sort of like nope, not this one. Nope, not this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and I don't know. There's something really sort of satisfying about mm-hmm. her sort of taking these uh, these guys down one by one and like yeah. unmasking each one of them. And then right before she's able to finish off Chao Kui, she, he actually stabs, gets a good stab on her um, before she's able to to stab him and finish him off. And that leads into the final, final fight where uh, uh, Zhao Kai comes in. And that's the thing. After the, la- like the last fight, I think with the mask, I think is a better fight than this one. But this one's still pretty neat. With uh, uh, right, Bruce, with Bruce Young, Long's uh, character, yeah. uh, Bruce Long coming in and doing some work. Yeah, the yeah. The, thing... the fighting is really amazing, but yeah, I think like dramatically, you're mm-hmm. you're obviously much more invested in what just happened. Right, and mm-hmm. it's similar to Come Drink with Me, like in the last movie. And I, I don't know if we mentioned it, but like the original title of Come Drink with Me is like is like Drunk Hero or something like that. So <laughs> it's not even really addressing yeah. her in the movie. It's more addressing his situation even though she's the focal point and then you right. know we get that bonus fight at the end where it's like almost like maybe they felt like they needed to have that kind of like the men fighting at the end which is such a shame right. to think about but you could you could see that it's that way and, and same with this movie where it's like 
all right, we got really our resolution where she's gotten the revenge. Well, I mean, Zhao Kai's still around, but most of the final fight isn't yeah. even using her in it. It's it's Bruce Lung fighting Zhao Kai, and she does mm-hmm. end up getting the final blow, but you kind of get that stolen from her, which is a shame, but I mean, yeah. not to yeah, say... Yeah, there's definitely like progress from Come Drink With Me. If if that is at all the methodology here, it's hard to say, but mm-hmm. if there is some like, oh, well, you know, maybe the male audience uh, wants to see wants to th- see this sort of guy on guy yeah <laughs> sorry i want to say guy on guy action which they love whoops <laughs> um, <laughs> but 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 like you say like what, what is nice though. here though is it's like yeah she she delivers the final blow and she, yeah. they could have done a little bit more with like a collab fight but yeah. like you guys were also mm-hmm. saying like really her fight against all the different masked men like is really the more compelling final fight but she does get the final strike she is uh Right line of her, Bruce Leong is about to get is about to get beaten. She throws her that same like snapback yogo or whatever mm-hmm. thing at him, right. and gets a good stab in. And the final shot is him slow mo falling over while the two of them are just staring at him. And we get a nice the end, and yeah. that's the end of the movie. <laughs> no epilogue, no nothing else after it. It's just it's over. Well, right. that, all, folks. that's the thing too. It's like. This movie focused so much on revenge and the whole exploitation mm-hmm. side of things that, yeah, you could see that, all right, this is it. This is what you came to see, and this is what we're giving you, the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think what's it, there is something powerful about, about that last slow motion shot. Oh, yeah. And I guess this speaks to slow motion in general, but it allows you so much more time to really uh, kind of inject your own like thoughts and feelings like onto that shot. Um, so yeah, even though the movie doesn't really invest any time into kind of maybe wrapping things up beyond this or having any kind of epilogue, I I do think you can kind of place your own moral commentary here and you can, you know that you're in the final shot of the movie, I think, Mm -hmm. especially if you're like familiar with the conventions of these kind of films. Yeah. You can just tell the way that the film looks, it looks like there's about to be a, the end pop up, like it's grainier and, and everything. Which I still don't, I don't completely know why that is, but something I picked up from watching. Yeah, well, a lot of times that will happen on the prints because um, if you think of like the the reel of film, like the very the outermost end of it is going to experience the elements. Do you know what I mean? Like That's fingerprints and Dutch dust more. and scratches, and then um, that happens to the other side too. Like when the movie spools through. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of times you'll see that in prints that aren't very well kept the one that's on the fortune star dvd it's in pretty good shape but clearly there wasn't much of any restoration done um but it sounds like this shout factory version which i think is still uh is still for sale right carlos yeah i it's this is another thing that i found on amazon so you guys should get it because definitely i mean not only does it have (laughs) this it's it's something like six movies in this collection oh my gosh yeah it's good stuff Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, but that's that's Broken Oath. I really enjoyed it. It was definitely uh, kind of neat seeing a... I'd say this is more along the lines of, like, Dreadnought in terms of it's a little, like, lower... Like, it's not as revered or as, as remembered as some of the other ones we've done. Sure. But it's still, it's still really good. Uh, a lot of a really amazing 
uh, choreography, a lot of pretty solid story going along with it. And of course, Angela Mao is incredible throughout it. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that was true. the other thing, too. I, I, in doing research for this, I, I found uh, an article about her because people were like, where is she? Because she kind of, um, like, towards the early 90s, stopped doing movies. What happened is she ended up having a family and she took the focus away from acting and she wanted to support her family. So she actually lives in New York right now and um, yeah. she has like a chain of restaurants like three restaurants so if you <laughs> yeah, want Yeah, I think to, like two or three oh. restaurants in in mm-hmm. Queens. Uh yeah, we'll link to the article that Carlos is talking about. It was a New York Times article yeah. from several years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's also another it was more recent. Uh I want to say like one or two years ago there was a screening of Hopkido in New York and they had a Q&A with a translator with uh with Angela Mao Ying there and um yeah, it's uh, she still has a lot of energy and vitality, but she seems totally content with uh, her restaurant mm-hmm. business. Hey, good for her, I guess. Yeah, 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 totally. And she, uh, someone in this Q and A is asking, "Oh, well, would you ever come back to films if someone asked her? If someone asked you?" And she said, "Oh, yeah, I, you know, I definitely would, but I would need to read the script first, um, <laughs> which is such a great answer." Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm so glad that um, we could look at this movie and also, you know, look at Come Drink With Me. I don't think stars like Chang Pei Pei and Angela Mao are celebrated nearly enough or even really known nearly enough in the West. So whatever we can do in our small little way um, to yeah. sort of shine, shine some light, I think is is terrific. So what do, uh, what's our training for next week, Marty? Well, um, and this is, yeah, Carlos and I, both kind of agreed. We almost had another sort of jinx moment um, yeah. thinking <laughs> of, of the next film. Uh, do you want to let them know what it is, Carlos? Yeah, we're going to watch Yes, Madam, uh, starring Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock. I believe it's from 1984. So we kind of are going through the, <laughs> the later Similar, half of the century. You know, yeah. we've got a movie from yeah. the 60s. We did this with the in the 70s. We're going to do the, the 80s after that. So... Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great movie. And we're going to find some even some more linkage. It, it's kind of amazing. So far, uh, every movie we've jumped to, there's some kind of connective tissue. And uh, we mentioned Cora Yuan a couple of times. Uh, we've said there are t- kind of two houses of Yuan in like the Hong Kong stars. There's like the Yuan family that comes from uh, Yuan Su Ten's from Simon Yuan. And then there are the students of the Peking Opera School that took the name to honor their master, Jim Yuan. Cor Yuan is mm-hmm. in that group, uh, uh, this sort of Seven Little Fortunes sort of group. And he does the choreography on Yes, Madam. Well, thank you so much for listening to our episode. Please check us out. We have a Facebook group. It's just Heroes 3 Podcast. That's the number three. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Heroes 3 Podcast. That's all one word together. And that's, the again, the number three. Whatever you're listening to this, we're also available on iTunes and on Stitcher. And I actually saw we're on Player FM. I don't know if one of you guys did it that. It wasn't but me. We're on Player FM. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. You know, if anyone uses Player FM, it's available there. So <laughs> Wow. Cool. And thank you to anyone that's coming to this from the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit. A lot of cool stuff over there. And totally. I think that's going to do it for this week, unless you guys have anything else to say. Um, I did create an instagram account oh cool i'll be using that to mainly um post about our new episodes and post up the artwork that i've been doing like i've been doing it on my personal account but i think it you know we can do this on the official heroes 3 podcast Mm. instagram account oh that would be great so yeah feel free to follow us on instagram if you want to see Mm. 
uh, that great artwork that Carlos does mm. every episode. And he's just saying also thank you to Carlos for doing the great artwork for all of our episodes. Stop it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, and and Matthew, um, yes, we should also uh, talk a little bit about the the music that we hear at the beginning. Oh yeah, of every episode. Oh, well, I'm. I don't want to sit around and talk about my own music. Uh huh. So. See, you <laughs> see now you know how I feel. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but no, I I do the I do the the theme. It's just a it's a cover of the. The legendary Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas uh, using Family Tracker. Um, and I have other, other Family Tracker covers on my YouTube channel at Major Third. Not only that, um, a lot of cool video game music related content. It's really good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. That's how I found out about Matthew. <laughs> yeah, that's really how we all kind of got connected in the first place. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, where we're talking about Yes, Madam, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.